0: Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Cluth.
1: Now Jesus is a servant, is he not? He came to serve. And so this is a great illustration for church family that I would say is that we need to be looking out for each other. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, there's been times and there's probably many times that I've overlooked because I'm so thinking busy, but God has really just placed it on my heart that we need to slow down and look around because there is opportunities to help each other out all the time.
0: Pastor Eric's words a moment ago should certainly strike a chord in most of us. The busyness of life often keeps us from seeing the needs of our brothers and sisters all around us and even beyond that, the needs that are present within our communities Today, Pastor Eric will exhort us to be servants like Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Eric with today's study. Uh, Judges 19 through 21 are awesome.
1: I will say Judges 19 is a little disturbing. You know, the conclusion of the book of Judges is quite interesting. Within these three chapters, 19, 20, and 21, you see adultery, gang rape, murder, uh, blatant homosexuality, brothers killing brothers, And kidnapping—that's pretty hardcore. Uh, Unfortunately, though, that you know, like, you know, these things are not much of a shocker to us today. I say that because most of our TV shows and movies uh, contain some, if not all, of these in them. Within them, I mean, right? I mean, from what we see in, in our in our media, there's some some way, some way, somehow. These are involved, even in the news. Have you guys watched the news lately? It's pretty, pretty disturbing. But as believers, you know, this is the question that, you know, I believe the Lord was asking me is, is that, have I become numb to this behavior? In our numbness, have we just accepted this behavior to be the norm? Is, this, is it okay? I mean, is it just like where we're rolling? I mean, this is where the evolution of man's going, You know, of we're just going to accept it because that's part of our society. I I don't know. I mean, because when I read that, what came to your mind? Oh, wow. Or, yeah, (laughs) I saw that on channel 10, you know. And so this behavior, though, you guys, breaks God's heart. Would you agree with that? It, it, It breaks God's heart does it break our heart? Does it break us to see that the world that we live in is falling to moral corruption? I mean, because you remember in Judges, that's pretty much what was going on in this this time frame, is moral corruption within the land of Israel. And these last chapters uh, were not in chronological order, and and so it's really kind of giving you a a, a bird's-eye view of the moral corruption in the land of Israel at this time. And, and so God was just revealing it to us. And I, truly, I don't think that our society is much different uh, because there is no, uh, in a sense, king who is really leading. Uh, we have government officials, we have presidents, and we pray for them, but there's not that, that direction, that solid direction that we're headed. Uh, and people seem to be doing whatever they want in their own eyes. Right? I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I guess that's what I see. So, do we care? Do we care where where we're at? Because, believe it or not, God knew that you'd be living during this time. Do you know that? God had a plan for you, and he has you living here for a reason? I do believe that. Well, let's start the story. I mean, let's get into this. Verses 1 through 9, uh, we'll see the story begin. And it says, and it came to pass in those days, and When there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite staying in the remote mountains of Ephraim, he took uh, for himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah, but his concubine, concubine played the harlot against him and went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah and was there for four whole months. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back, having his servant and a couple of donkeys with him. So she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the young woman saw him, he was glad to meet him. Now his father-in-law, the young woman's father, detained him. And he stayed with him three days, so they ate and drank and lodged there. There it came to pass on the fourth day that they arose early in the morning. And he stood to depart, but the young woman's father said to his son-in-law... Refresh your heart with morsels of bread, and afterward go your way. So they sat down, and the two of them ate and drank together. Then the young woman's father said to the man, Please be content to stay all night, and let your heart be merry. Verse 7. And when the man stood uh, to depart, his father-in-law urged him, so he lodged there again. Then he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart, but the young woman's father said, please refresh your heart. So they delayed until afternoon and both of them ate. In verse nine, and when the men stood to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the young woman's father said to him, look, the day is now drawing to, uh, toward evening. Please spend the night. See, the day is coming to an end. Lodge here that your heart may be merry. Tomorrow go your way early, so that you may get home. So here we see the beginning of the story, and we see that it takes place uh, starting with a guy, a Levite, not the same Levite that was mentioned in the previous chapters, a different Levite who was dwelling in the remote mountains of Ephraim. And this man had a concubine, meaning that this woman was this man's wife. Now, in some cases, you guys, a concubine was taken because the man's wife was barren. Concubines were granted food, they were granted clothing, and a place to lodge. It wasn't, in a sense, the man's first wife. It was a legal mistress, is what a concubine was. But she was still his wife, okay? Uh, She did not have uh, the promises for the family inheritance. And so being a concubine mm, probably wasn't such a great thing. Uh, but it was there, and, and and thinking about it, having a concubine, you guys was outside of god 's plan, was it not? Because God desires for one man and one woman to be together to become one flesh, and you can read about that in Genesis one uh, verse twenty four and Matthew nineteen verses one through nine you can see god 's desire for marriage. Uh, both in the Old and New Testament. But men in the Bible who had concubines uh, was Abraham. You guys remember how Abraham had a concubine? Uh, Jacob, Gideon, Saul, David, King David, and Solomon, his son. Solomon had a lot. Yeah, he had a lot. Uh, This guy, though, uh, this Levite, his concubine, did you guys catch it? She played the harlot against him, meaning that she had an adulterous affair on uh, the Levite. So then after that was done, she departed from the Levite to go stay with her father in Bethlehem. And uh, she was there for uh, a four whole months. The Bible says that. Very specific. Uh, God is specific. He's detailed. Uh, four whole months he was there. Now the Levite, man, he missed her, didn't he? And he rose in verse 3. He arose and went after her. Hey, that's nice of him to go after her. And to speak kindly words to her. Meaning that he was going to go speak words to her heart. He was going to go try to woo her again. To bring her back home. And so he desired this woman. So he goes to be reconciled with his concubine. And he goes to her father's house. And uh, when he pulls up to the house, dad comes out and like, Man, I'm really glad to meet you. Let's party now. I'm really happy that you're here. Why don't you come and let's eat and celebrate together? Now, this was not the Levite's intent, you guys. But the son-in-law, which is the Levite, and the father-in-law had common interests. And again, those interests were they liked to party together. Now, the Levite intended to leave after the fourth day. Did you guys catch that? After the third day, on the fourth day, he wanted to go back home early because it was a long travel, okay? So you need to get up early to go somewhere. But dad was like, hey, why don't you just eat, hang out for a while? Okay, I'll sit down and eat. And then if you guys know, when you sit down again, if you're trying to leave, I know this from going to family events, you want to go and you're like, man, I got to go. I want to get the kids home. But then when you start, start sitting again and you start eating, what happens? Oh, the time just goes, you know, real fast. And you're like, man, we said we were leaving four hours ago. And uh, And we're still here, so I can understand why this took a long time. the The guy, though, uh, the father wanted to continue to have that good time with his son-in- law. Uh, finally, the fifth day, uh, again, the Levi was like, "We've got to go, we've got to go." but his dad uh, but her dad says, "Hey, why don't you stay?" Uh, and they got delayed till afternoon. okay so that's the start of the story. Now let's continue, and we'll see some hospitality take place. In verses 10 through 21. However, the man was not willing to spend the night, that night. So the Levite was like, No, we're gone. We're out of here. We took a delay. We're leaving. Okay? We're, we're, we're out. So it says, However, the man was not willing to spend that night. So he arose and departed and came to the opposite, uh, Jebus, that is Jerusalem. With him were the two saddle donkeys. His concubine was also with him. They were near Jebus, and the day was far spent. And the servant said to the master, Come, please, let us turn aside into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. But his master said to him, We will not turn aside here into a city of foreigners who are not of the children of Israel. We will go on to Gibeah. Verse 13. So he said to his servant, Come, let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or in Ramah. Verse 14, and they passed by and went their way and the sun went down and on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. Speaking of the tribe of Benjamin, you guys, verse 15, then, or they turned aside there to go in to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat down in the open square of the city for no one would take them into his house to spend the night. Just then, an old man came in from his work in the field at evening, who was also from the mountains of Ephraim. He was staying in Gibeah, whereas the men of the places, uh, wh- whereas the men of the ben- place of, were Benjamites. Verse 17. And when he raised his eyes, he saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, "Where are you going, and where do you come from?" So he said to him, "The Levite." We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah toward the remote mountains of Ephraim. I am from there. I went to Bethlehem in Judah. Now I'm going to the house of the Lord. But there is no one who will take me into his house. Although we have both straw and fodder for our donkeys and bread and wine for myself, for your female servant and for the young man who is your servant, there is no lack of anything. Verse 20, And the old man said, Peace be with you. "'However, let your needs be my responsibility. "'Only do not spend the night in the open square.' "'So he brought him into his house "'and gave, gave fodder to the donkeys, "'and they washed their feet and ate and drank.' So here we see they are on the traveling. They get a late start. How many of you have ever gotten a late start? You're already panicking anyways. You want to get home, and you got a late start, and you're like, man, I told you we should have got an earlier start. you know? And you're like, you're going. But then you come, and your servants then is like saying, hey, why don't we pull off here into Jerusalem? But at that time, Jerusalem was not occupied by the children of the Lord or the children of Israel. And so the Levite then says, there's no way I'm staying here because they're foreigners. We got to go stay with our family. And so they continue to travel and they go to Gibeah and there they're like, this is where the people, this is where we'll stay because the people will take us in. Well, was that the case? No, they go to the town square and they sit there and people are going by them in the town square, but no one is offering to take them home. So the plane backfired in a sense, right? But then there was an old man who came and he he took, he took this family into his house. He didn't know them, but he took them into his house and says, "You know what? I know you have everything that you need, but I'm going to provide for you. You are my guests." Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? To see that the the uh, the people of his own brothers would reject them and not have compassion on them. But in a sense, that's what can happen within the church family. We can be so con- c- concentrated on ourselves that we forget to take care of one another. And so we're, we're like, we're buzzing around. It's not like that We we intentionally... Forget about this person in the town square, but we're just so busy. And I think you guys, busyness is one of the biggest distractions that a Christian faces here in America. Yes. Just the distractions. Everything is a distraction. <laughs> so, this old man, and I really, you guys, see him as <laughs> Jesus, a Jesus type. Because he took the time and he saw them in the square and he was moved with compassion. Uh, Why do I say he was moved with compassion? It doesn't say that. But why would he take them in? Well, because he wanted them to be safe out of the town square. He wanted to come in. And then not only did he invite them in, but did you guys catch what he did? He served them. He served them. Now, Jesus is a servant, is he not? He came to serve. And so this is a great illustration for church family that I would say is that we need to be looking out for each other. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, there's been times and there's probably many times that I've overlooked because I'm so stinking busy. But God has really just placed it on my heart that we need to slow down and look around because there is opportunities to help each other out all the time. And to be moved with compassion and to love one another. This guy went to the city because he thought his brothers would take care of him. But they didn't. Except for this old man who was from his area, from Ephraim. He took him in. So then comes the wickedness. This is where it gets crazy. Verse 22, and they were enjoying themselves, suddenly, they were at the house, okay, they were enjoying themselves, suddenly, certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house, and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man saying, bring out the man who came to your house, that we may know him carnally. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, no, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Verse 24, look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man, do not do such a vile thing. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. Verse 27, when her master arose in the morning, he opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. There his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her onto the donkey, and the man got up and went to his place. Verse 29, when he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine, and divided her into twelve pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, no such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it. confer and speak up. Thank you. So here we see the wickedness. So this God, this old man takes these people in and they're rejoicing, having a good time. Then the, the perverted men I'm going to say that because it says it in the word, the perverted men, the sexual immorality came to the door and says, we want the guy because we want to lay with him. Does it remind you of another story that you've heard in the Bible? Sodom, right? with the angels who came to the door and, and, and Lot's house, and Lot put him away. But the men of the city of Sodom came to the door of Lot and said, we want to know them carnally. You know? Wickedness, the same wickedness that took place in Sodom. And do you guys remember what happened to Sodom? It was destroyed. And so these men were just going and wanting this man. And so the old man's like, take my virgin daughter, take his concubine, but they said no. And so the man was afraid for his own self, puts his concubine out there, and they take her all night and abuse her. They abused her to the point where she died on the threshold of the door. Wicked. This man, you know, Just gave it up, gave up his concubine, his wife, and this woman was in bad shape so much that she died. But the problem that I have with it is, is why? How could that guy go to bed? How could he go to sleep, knowing that that was taking place to his wife? His heart was not right either, and so he he then finds her and says, "Get up, we're going." And I can't even imagine her body probably brutally beaten. And he, he, he takes her. He, he then starts to care about the wickedness that's going on within the land. He then starts to care when it happened to him in his house. But how did he react? Did he react out of love? Or did he react out of anger? Out of anger, anger. So much so that he's like, you know what? This is going on in our nation, within our brothers. I'm going to cut up this woman and I'm going to send her out to all the tribes to show the wickedness that's taking place. Where was his heart earlier? Being merry and filled with food. He had no concern about the surroundings. And the good, he was just all about the good time, having fun, laughing. But when the wickedness personally hit his house, all of a sudden the concern shifted. And now he was focused on the wickedness that was in the land. Guys, I was thinking about this the other day as I was crossing over our border. We are so blessed here in the United States. This is an awesome country. And, And we're so blessed to be here. But with all the blessings from God on this nation, why is our nation churning away from God? Why are we churning to moral corruption and wickedness? Gay marriage is pretty much acceptable in all states. It's even being preached from the pulpit that it's okay. Uh, abortion is not a big deal. Killing babies is not a big deal. Sexual immorality is running like a wildfire in churches, out of churches. It's going everywhere, destroying everything. Constantly promoted. Having adulterous affairs is no big deal. You watch it on TV, and these two couples, this couple is having a problem, and the one goes off and has an affair, and there's no like, there's no like, that's wrong. It's it's just it's part of life. And the crazy thing is, is that we as believers, as the church in general, not just just this church, but the church in America in my opinion, doesn't really seem to care. Maybe there are some that care. But in general, are we caring? But I think, you know, and this, again, you guys, is a lot directed to me, but we're so busy focusing on pleasing ourselves and, and, and us as the main goal to please that we have forgotten to please a holy God that we claim to serve. And I believe that many Christians are falling in this category as well, just as this Levite man was. We go through life looking to have a good time. And I'm not saying a good time is not good to have because the Bible tells us there's a time to laugh, there's a time to dance. You know, God's not a boring God. It's fun to be a Christian, you know?
0: You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth, of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at That's info at Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible. Now with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to grace to and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers, you can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges right here on Grace to the Hearers.